Well, the official intro, guys, we have another natural-based, plant-based doctor, herbal-based doctor. We want to talk to him about how he got into the field. We have Edward Group here with us. And we met Ed through a mutual friend who's doing uh, musical work with a friend of ours. And luckily, the music, the health, the lifestyle, the truth, it's all connected. Dr. Group, tell us how you got here and where we're at. Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me on. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I have a really kind of a crazy story about my life. You know, since an early age, I was having visions, always been a spiritual seeker, uh, born in 1968. So during the 70s, uh, I would have visions. Of course, nobody knew what that was back then. You know, we barely even had TV. And uh, just always had this feeling within me that I wanted to help humanity, but didn't know how that was going to pan out. Thought it was going to pan out by being an attorney. That's what I originally wanted to do when I went into college. But I couldn't stand studying all the books and studying all the cases. It was so boring. So then I shifted into healthcare. Um, didn't really know what area of healthcare I wanted to go into, but for some strange region, region or reason, the heart just kept coming into my system, into my brain. It was like heart, 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 cardiovascular system. So I decided I really wanted to be a heart surgeon. Um, so I had 12 years of college at that point. So I had all, pretty much all my prerequisites in health and kinesiology and chemistry and all that. So it was before I was going to take my MCATs to, to apply for medical school, which this is how the universe works. I'm a big believer in karma and, and you know, manifestation and uh, just being in the present moment, being mindful, uh, meditating, meditating. And um, I met this guy at a dinner and we started arguing because I, I was not aware of natural medicine at the time. It was allopathic, allopathic, mainstream, I was brainwashed. I was completely brainwashed because I was in college for all these years and I was learning what they were teaching me. And so this guy I'm sitting next to starts talking to me about natural medicine. He, he says he's putting together a team, uh, a cancer research team to find the root cause of cancer and not only the root cause of cancer, but if there's any natural products out there that work really good on cancer. And so we're starting butting heads with each other. And I'm like, well, we have the American Cancer Society and we have all these, you know, billions of dollars going into all this cancer research, you know, and the war on cancer is going on and we're going to figure this whole thing out. And he's like, you're completely brainwashed. You're completely being deceived. There will never be an end to the war on cancer. All that money that goes to all these cancer organizations goes right back in the pockets of big pharma. And I'm just listening to him going, what, what, what? I've never heard anything like this before. And he said, have you ever, he goes, I know you've been taught about pharmaceuticals, but he goes, have you ever actually broken down a pharmaceutical and see what it does in the body? I was like, no, they don't teach us that. He's like, well, you have a background in biochemistry and chemistry and physiology. You know, you should do that. And so the dinner was over and we just all left. I couldn't get that out of my head for like two or three days. I was like, 
Hmm. So I went to the library and I started breaking down pharmaceuticals and started looking at what they do in the body. And after 12 years of school, it only took me about four hours to realize that everything that I had been taught was fake. Because I realized that the pharmaceuticals are just blocking something in the body from taking place. It's addressing the symptoms, but it's never addressing the root cause of the situation. It's never addressing the root cause of the problem. To the point where I was so blown away in four hours, it's like your whole life completely changes in a short amount of time that I was driving home from the library that day. And there was a white light that came in my car. I can still remember it. And I was just, I, I was like having an outer body experience because I, and, and tears were coming down my eyes. And I was like, what am I going to do? This is completely changes my whole philosophy, my whole life. What am I going to do? And I just kept hearing, you can heal with your hands. You can hear, heal with God's medicine. You can heal with nature. You know, that's where the, that's where the real healing takes place. And then all of a sudden, I snapped out of it. My hands were back on the wheel, and I had driven like probably about 10 or 15 miles down the highway, and I don't even remember driving at that point in time. So I knew that this was something that was big because of that, what I had learned and the spiritual experience that I had in the car driving that day. So I went back to that guy, found him, and I said, I want to join your team, your research team, and let's, 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 let's pair up together. And at the same time, I was like, what can I do? How can I still be a doctor and be in the natural field instead of the allopathic field? So I was like, well, let me just go to chiropractic college. And at the same time, I'll, you know, start studying all this other stuff. So I was in, started chiropractic college. And at the same time, we were on this research team to try to find the root cause of disease, the root cause of cancer. Well, Back in the, this was in the mid nineties. There was no internet back then, right? So it's like nowadays you can just type online cancer therapies, all that. But back then you had to be part of like an underground organization. You had to be vetted because they were killing cancer doctors off. If you were a successful cancer doctor and you was you were using natural medicine, most likely you were going to be. Um, ridiculed, you were going to be raided by the FDA, you were going to be just mysteriously suicided, or back then they were using drugs and prostitutes. They would, you would just, they would kidnap you, put you in a hotel, you know, put the records of a prostitute being there, inject you with heroin or something like that, and they would find you the next day dead. And basically it was drug overdose, and you would, you know, they would say that you were with some sort of a prostitute. We knew that because we were talking to all these doctors because we would go to all these underground cancer conventions. Um, that was probably one of the most interesting times of my life because we were learning and following the money and learning about what is the root cause of all disease and the root cause of all cancer. And when you understand what that is, you also understand how to eliminate all disease and eliminate all cancers. And so what we found is it's very simple. The root cause of all disease, all cancer is two things, a toxic external environment. Now, what's a toxic external environment? That's what you're watching on TV, the kind of people you're hanging around with, if they're negative, the type of emotions that you're sucking in, 
the electromagnetic frequencies that you're exposed to, the mold in your house, like anything that in, in your work, in your uh, office, in your home, where you sleep. We found the bedrooms to be extremely toxic, the kitchens to be extremely toxic, and the bathrooms to be extremely toxic in most people's homes. So we looked and evaluated over probably four or 5,000 of the most toxic chemicals that people were exposed to, and emotions, by the way, and anything in your external environment, how it affects the body. And the second thing was a toxic internal environment. And that's where we look at the foods that people are eating, the, the, the drinks that people are drinking, the water that they're consuming, and we start analyzing all of those chemicals and toxins yeah, that people were putting into their body, including all of the creams and lotions and all the toxic stuff they were slathering on their, their hair, their makeup, you know, all of the stuff they were putting on their skin. So it all came down to that every single person has a self-healing mechanism. It's what we're born with. It's what we have. It's the most powerful healing agent known to man. Like we are the most powerful healers. It's just when you combine all of those things from the external environment and all those things from the internal environment that we're taking in every single day, we looked at like probably close to 1.5 million toxins that people are consuming every single day. And if the self-healing mechanism can only handle 500,000 toxins on a, regu- on a regular basis, on a regular uh, 24-hour period, then it's an overload effect. And so your body just becomes overloaded, 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 overloaded. And then that is the root cause of all disease, whether it's migraine headaches, whether it's arthritis, whether it's diabetes, whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter. We linked every single condition to a toxic external environment and a toxic internal environment. And then, of course, we said, well, why, why are all these things in the external environment? Why are all these things coming into the internal environment? And that's when you start looking at each ingredient, fluoride, for example, and you start tracing it back. And, you know, you start saying, okay, well, why is fluoride in the water? Uh, let's trace it back to the 1940s. You know, it, it, it was a, it was a byproduct of fertilizer production and they didn't want to, it's a toxic ingredient, second most toxic agent known to man next to arsenic. Why are they putting it in the water supply? Oh, it was used in the concentration camps in Russia and in Germany in the 1940s to dumb people down, make them non-aggressive, make them easily controllable, basically turn them into little zombies Mm. and take away their spiritual connection because it calcifies their pineal glands. So you start looking at each ingredient and each toxic in the air and the food and the water, and then you start following that trail, that money trail, and then that people trail, and then it all goes up to a small amount of people that are trying to control the world and control the population, create sickness. And then you realize that the big pharmaceutical, big agriculture, big oil and gas are all working together by poisoning the food, the air, and the water uh, to ultimately control the population. It's almost like a Hunger Games slash Truman Show scenario 
where they've used, especially when TVs came out, when they realized how effective the propaganda can be through radio and through TV to be able to brainwash a whole population on Earth um, and to poison a whole population on Earth so they can control them in different ways and shapes and forms. A lot of people who are not there yet or kind of overwhelmed, might be overwhelmed with what you're talking about. We're not overwhelmed, I'm, but I'm saying there are people. They will ask this question, which is, they, who is they? Who is they? You keep mentioning they. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to just list a couple of names that are contemporary that we need to talk about. How about just recently the Davos meeting in Switzerland with the head of Davos, former head of Bilderberg Group, Klaus Schwab. Let's talk about the guy here who we haven't been seeing a lot of lately, Mr. Falsely, Antonio Falsely. (laughs) I, I don't like to call him by his real name. His real name, the epitomology of his real name, actually means sickle. The sickle. You can look that up. Fauci means sickle. Very interesting. He is literally a reaper of sorts. So there are people we have pinpointed. There are organizations we have pinpointed. It's not something that we are still theorizing over. Two centuries ago, or maybe even three centuries ago, there was a document that was given to, I believe, George Washington, first president of the United States, which outlined basically a 100 or 200-year plan to destabilize the Western world. This document has since been the target of a lot of, um, how can I say this, smearing, smearing, smearing in the sense of you know, when you can't fight evidence, you smear it, right? And maybe mm-hmm. we can talk about that. So let's talk about day. Let's talk about how the truth is always smeared and kept under wraps. Well, it, it started, we don't know when it actually started. It goes back to ancient civilizations. They, they still had a control mechanism put in place. I mean, even in ancient Rome and the ancient Egyptians and everything like that. Recently, I would say it probably has a lot to do with the Khazarian, the Khazarian mafia is what we call them, which is Khazar, which were a group of people that ultimately infiltrated all over the world to be able to control, take control. It's not about money because the mo- they have so much money, they don't need any more money. Mm-hmm. It, when you have all the money in the world, at that point, you get bored. Like you, I've talked to so many billionaires and millionaires that have come to see me and they're just like, they're sick, they're unhealthy, they're depressed, they're going through all kinds of emotional issues. Right. But that's that that led bled through to the to the Rothschild family, and then to, and then the Rockefellers, and now you have other families like the Clintons, the the Gates, the Bush family. You know these secret societies. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know uh, which, by the way, are most of the families that own BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street and all of the 
front companies that basically own the world. I mean, they own all everything that you do all day long. If you buy a shirt, you buy a belt, you buy food at the store. I mean, you're basically, you know, supporting those families when you look at at BlackRock's, you know, portfolio or or State Street's portfolio or Vanguard's portfolio. And they're all basically owned by, you know, the Rockefellers and the Rothschild group. Um there's there's many other ones like you said like Klaus Schwab like Fauci you know Gates is involved um, the World Economic Forum the World Health Organization the UN they're all basically all run and then the governments are like the lowest levels actually the governments mm-hmm. of the of each country I mean those are just puppets I mean I don't know how deep it goes I've I've heard that there's a lot of there's been cloning projects going on underground that a lot of these people are clones I mean we've seen lately the holographic images we've seen the the fake sets at the White House mm-hmm. we've seen people like their arms disappear when they're on TV you know so the level of deception you know just recently the queen's you know carriage celebration going down the streets which was a hologram we've oh, known about yeah. holograms for a long period of time and the phoenix experiment with the big ufo that went over phoenix we know that that was a hologram to test mm. to test which looks real completely real that you can touch it almost just reach out and touch it i mean we've known they have holographic uh technologies i mean you look at you know, 9-11 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I think, like, I think it funnels up to what I've heard as eight families, you know, eight or nine families with just, you know, a representation. You know, you have a representation from the, the Dragon family in China, and then you have a rep- representation from the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, and you have um, a few other families that are, basically in control and running the show, Mm. you know? And I think we're all hoping, you know, there's no, I I haven't seen any like 100% proof or documented evidence, you know, and there's also people that are saying that um, there's been definitely contact with alien type organizations, you know, galactic forces and stuff like that, that are also working supposedly the bad side as well as the good side that mm-hmm. that come into play. So that um I haven't really talked to anybody that knows a hundred percent for sure because what I've really been focused on for my 20 years is the solutions. So a lot of my research is not I do a lot of, it's connected, 100% connected, but a lot of my research is not like who's involved. It's more like what they're doing and what's the antidote. Like what's the solution that we can get out? Like let's identify all these things. You know, what's, how do you get fluoride out of the body? You know, well, you take iodine. You know, how do you do this? Well, you do this. You know, how do you protect yourself? How do you protect? If you know what they're doing, then our, our research team has been able to counteract everything that they're doing. That's why they tried to shut me down. They, you know, when we opened up, when we had all that information and we started our first cancer degenerative disease clinic in 1998, we got popular really fast because that's when the internet first started coming online. I can remember it was Mm -hmm. 28K modems. We were using AOL and Netscape. And we were one of the first companies ever to post some of this information online. 
And so people could type in before the FDA, you know, was really cracking down with claims. I mean, we had all kinds of stuff on our website, like natural cancer therapy, all that stuff. And people all over the world could type it in, in, in those search bars and we would come up number one. That's when SEO was really popular and really easy to get ranked number one back in those old days. I mean, there was 600 sites total all over the world that, that had anything to do with cancer. And we were coming up number one. So we had people flying in from all over to our cancer clinic. And we also treated the royal family in London. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, when you do that, then you become a threat to the pharmaceutical industry, to the chemotherapy industry, to the radiation industry. And cancer is a big no-no. Like as soon, it's, it's like cars that run on water, right? Or it's like cars that mm-hmm. run on magnetics. You know, when you're a threat to the oil and gas industry, when you're a threat to the energy industry, <laughs> when you're a threat to big, you know, against big pharma, they come after you really fast. That's why they just had that guy killed that was on the verge of introducing his water-based car. Um, I've heard the, of a few the, people who've with been, the gunman. Uh, yeah, Tesla developed a car that ran on magnetics and drove it around at 80 miles an hour around a track for a whole day. Oh, wow. So that was one of the interesting, also the interesting things about our research team, um, because we got to actually meet with uh, and and review really cool technology back in the 90s. So we were um, working with the Tesla uh, research. Uh, uh, team. And Tesla's understudy was a guy named Arthur Matthews. Arthur Matthews came to Tesla when he was 16 years old. Um, He loved Tesla. And he ended up writing a very rare book that no one knows about called The Wall of Light. Mm. And it's, uh, it talks about Tesla's, the other side of Tesla. A lot of people think Tesla was just into electricity. And he was. But Tesla was very, very into health. He was very into vibrations. He was very into energy later in his life. That's why he became a vegetarian, because he realized that eating meat lowers your vibrational frequencies in your body. Actually, Einstein and Tesla both became vegetarians, and Einstein and Tesla both, their conclusions were everything is is energy and vibration. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we had access back then to Tesla's health information. Oh, wow. And Tesla was really big into health. He was really big into ozone. He was the one that produced the first ozone machines. He was the one that Mm. produced the ozol molecule by bubbling ozone through, uh, started off called glycozone. He started bubbling it through glycerin. Then he moved on to olive oil. And so then he developed the ozol compound. So- those are two things that we that we actually still produce today because we ended up getting the formulas for his oxygen-based intestinal cleanser because before he died, you know, they they all took advantage of him and stole all of his information and he was very depressed and broke like they do to to every great scientist and great genius and but he told Arthur that before he died he looked into the future because in the wall of light, Arthur goes into the detail about how Tesla was from Venus, that he was a Venusian. And he talks about how him and Tesla would go out to the ranch and how the spaceships would land. And he and Arthur would take trips to, to Venus. And that's, a, that's where they got a lot of their tech. Now his technology would bring it back and then Whoa. they would land. So all that is documented in that book, the wall of light. But he also said that Tesla saw into the future that all disease would end up starting in the gut. 
and then all health would begin in the gut. So before Tesla died, he wanted to develop and invent something that would change everybody's health for the better for the future. And so he developed in 1898, he met with a guy named Dr. Eugene Bloss in a hotel room, and he figured out a way to stabilize a monatomic oxygen onto a magnesium compound, which means it's something you can take on a regular basis and it oxygenates like scrubbing bubbles. It goes into your system and converts all that hard, compacted fecal matter that you have stuck in your small intestine and your large intestine, and it liquefies it. And not only that, you know the power of oxygen, the power of ozone, the power of uh, reactive oxygen species. It neutralizes all the positively charged toxins and the, and the positively charged funguses and candida and all the other stuff. So it was his greatest invention, and they did that in 1898, and they actually sold wow. that product up until, the I think, the 1930s or 40s. And so we ended up getting part of that uh, original formula, and so we carried on the tradition, and that's one of our, that still is our best-selling product right now is Tesla's oxygen-based intestinal cleanser, oxy powder. Wow. wow. So, um, so, that's, so, so that's pretty much what we've been doing ever since is trying to teach people because education and knowledge is always the number one thing. Like knowledge is the greatest asset anyone can possibly have, mm-hmm. especially in a time like we're going into right now, which I'm calling the great awakening. Um, most people don't realize that they have enough food in a one mile radius of their surrounding where they live that they can survive. Most people don't know how to purify water. Most people have no, no idea about any of these things because they're not taught in school. But really when it, ca- when it, ca- when it came down to the simplicity of things, as far as um, before our cancer clinic got raided, All we were doing was teaching people why they have the disease or why they have cancer. And still to this day, I talk to people and I ask them, you know, whether they come in or whether they, whether they call and, you know, say, Hey, I have migraines or, Hey, I have this, or I have shingles or I have, you know, whatever say, well, why do you have that? And most people like over 90% of the people cannot answer that question, why they have the disease that they have, why they have cancer. And you really need to know why you have something in order to know wh- how to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So that's when we'll ask, we'll, we'll, we'll explain to them, this is why you have it, because of all the toxins and the chemicals in your external environment and all the toxins and chemicals in your internal environment. So it's very simple to, to, to get rid of or eliminate any condition or any disease. You just start eliminating the, the, the toxic compounds in your external environment, your internal environment, and then you always start with an intestinal cleanse. Then you move on to multiple liver and gallbladder cleansing. Then you move on to parasite cleansing, and then you move on to chemical and heavy metal cleansing. So everything we have is, I mean, when people understand that that's the reason why they have disease and then taking them through the cleansing, you're reactivating their body's self-healing mechanism. Mm. Ultimately, the true definition of a doctor is a teacher, not a prescriber. Mm, I like that. And, you know, I wanted to say two things to go with what you were saying here. Um, Especially about the water. I feel like as I learned more about just water and everything that was in there, and I felt like that was such an important part. Obviously, it's in everything that we're showering and drinking. 
and there's so much in it. And for example, when we fill up our water filtration system here on the lid, every time it's just a white crust that solidifies. And I'm like, you know, do you really think like really pure water would have a white crust to it as it settles on top? And then of course the water is clean on the inside. But the other thing that I wanted to say is I feel like I've been seeing a lot and I'm definitely glad that you're not a meat eater, but I've been seeing so much stuff about carnivore diet, pure meat diet, um, all that stuff. And I don't know if Armin told you, but he and I eat vegan in general. Maybe you can talk a little bit about differences, like what you think vegetarian versus vegan. And then I was, when I was getting into veganism, however, maybe like, you know, five years ago-ish and reading everything, I felt that it was really more one, it's about health for me, but two, I'm, I was big on the spiritual connection and the vibration that you were just mentioning earlier. So from your doctoral standpoint, when people are talking about this carnivore diet versus vegetarian slash vegan, what are you thinking and what do you know? It's very simple. When you look at the physiology of the human, we don't have canine teeth in our mouth to mm-hmm. rip and chew flesh. We don't secrete hydrochloric acid in our mouth like carnivores do. We secrete amylase and ptilin, mm-hmm. which are two enzymes only specifically to break down plant proteins. We don't have a pipe-like digestive system like carni- carnivorous animals do. Our whole body is designed to be herbivorous in nature. We've been led to believe and deceived that we need to be, eat meat, and that's part, of the, that's part of the USDA plan. That's part of the big agricultural plan to poison us by eating meat. Now, I haven't eaten meat in 16 years because I did it for spiritual purposes as well. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, now I understand more about the karmic Uh, load that you get from eating meat because when the animals are tortured and when they're even when they're in going into the slaughterhouses they have such a high level of fear and anxiety Mm -hmm. that all that those emotions get put into the meat and then when you eat the meat you actually get the karmic standpoint now many gurus many masters i've i've studied and and read many, many different types of spiritual readings from all over the world, mostly India, because India is just known, the East is known, uh, Nepal and Tibet and different parts of India for always having really high level, you know, spirituality and spiritual masters and spiritual teachings. Um, and they talk about it all the time, about how if you're, if you're going within for example, even the Bible, the Quran, every religion, every religious teaching always says the kingdom of heaven is within. Okay? And that's the philosophy that you have in, in true spirituality is this is nothing more out here than just a movie. Mm-hmm. You, the true spirituality is you being able to go within. And when you practice certain types of meditative practices, you can go within and then you can travel. You can literally leave this body. That's why people use psychedelics for that. But with psychedelics, you can only go to the, the lower plane of the astral plane. 
Now, Richard Alpert and Timothy Leary at Harvard, when they did their psychedelic studies, they reached a point and they did lots of LSD and lots of mushrooms and, and all kinds of stuff. And there was a guy at Harvard with them during that time when they were doing all those studies. And his name was Dr. Ishwar Puri. Now, Ishwar Puri had been a student of Baba Sawan Singh, who was a spiritual teacher in India. Mm. And he was there at the same, you know, everything happens for a reason, right? He was there the same time that uh, Richard Alpert and Timothy Leary were doing all their studies. And he got invited to a party one time where they were trying to get him to do all kinds of psychedelics. And he said, you, he, he told them, you don't need psychedelics to achieve what you're trying to achieve. Because he had learned in India, growing up in the Dara, in the ashram, he had learned from his master or his guru about how to access the sound current from within and how to access the kingdom of heaven within and to travel through the different planes and had traveled through all the different layers of the astral plane, all the different layers of the causal plane, all of the different, you know, all the way up to the creative um, energy, the vibration of the creative source. And so he explained to them about you know, the higher levels and that you can only reach a certain level with psychedelics and you can never go further than that. Mm. And also how those can be damaging because different negative entities and different spirits can come in. And he also explained to them how the, the, the psychic readings and different types of um, people that are talking to uh, entities that are on those lower planes can have a negative effect on you. And he blew them away. And then that's when Richard Alpert ended up going to India and studying under Maharaji and different types of spiritual teachers over there. And he became Ramdas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is, you know, the, the, the spiritual awakening, getting back to your question, is that it has a huge, huge amount to do with karma, the amount of karma that you're getting when you consume foods. The lowest amount of karma is going to be consuming fresh vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, stuff like that. And it works up the chain of animals. The larger the animal is, especially with meat, the more karma you're going to get. And not only that, the more you're going to lower your vibrational frequencies. Mm. And they did experiments on that too. They would have people that would meditate and then all of a sudden they would eat meat and they couldn't meditate for like a week after that. Oh, wow. It, it affected their meditation. It affected their inner growth. See, because I believe that we're all here on this planet to become enlightened beings. We're not here to work and we're not here to do all this other stuff. We're not here to, you know, party and see how many people we can, you know, hang out with and all that. I mean, we're here to develop ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're here to become more enlightened. We're here to, to learn. But that's the issue. When you, when you look at the, the people that are in control, they know that. They want to take away our spirituality. That's why they try to calcify our pineal gland. That's our connection to source. You know, we have a crystal inside of our pineal gland. If you, if you do autopsies on it and you compare the crystal inside a Buddhist monk who's meditated for years and years and years, and then you compare that to somebody who's just done really evil things, you know, a prisoner or something, you know, it will be like a, you know, in a monk, a, a, a carrot, like a diamond 
a one carat diamond, whereas you have just a speck of sand in somebody who hasn't developed their spirituality. So ultimately, that's why we're here is to become a spiritual being and full of love, full mm-hmm. of peace, full of joy, full of non-judgment. Um, because ultimately, our souls are only love. We are all brothers and sisters of love, regardless of what our mind, our political, which, by the way, political beliefs, religious beliefs, you know, color of your skin, all that stuff. That's all been programmed into us on purpose to try to divide us mm-hmm. against each other because ultimately our souls can only know pure love. So they know the mind is what divides us. The mind is what holds us down. The mind is what they can control. The mind is what creates addictions or divisions in society. And it, the mind is what creates anger and fear and deception and all of those other things that that bring us down and and create negative vibrations. I mean again, like Tesla and Einstein said, everything is in vibrations and energy. So if you eat every single day, you eat cooked and processed and microwaved and dead and chemical-based food and meat, you're going to be lowering your vibrations every single day and taking on karma. If you eat live, fresh, God-given, energy-packed foods, you're going to be raising your vibrations. I mean, you can literally go through the day and say, and and analyze every single thing that you're doing. Right now, are we raising our vibrations or are we lowering our vibrations? Well, we're raising them because we're talking about positive things. We're Mm -hmm. helping people. You know, there's a really good energy in this room right now. Um, You know, if we go to, you know, if we turn the TV on and we start watching CNN, we're immediately going to be lowering because those, those are untruths. Those are, mm-hmm. your soul can pick it up. You know, you can feel the vibrations when you're around people that are just really negative, that are complaining all the time. Yeah. You're going to be in a state of complaining or you're going to be in a state of gratitude, mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like we, I even catch myself complaining, you know, sometimes. And I try to be mindful and I try to not complain because ultimately, I know that I'm here to try to become a better person and to help people and, and do good for humanity. But, you know, I'll be in a grocery store or something and there'll be some, you know, taking like way too long and I'm in a hurry and I catch myself complaining about it. Gosh, I got in the wrong line, you know. Right. Instead of being, you know what? I am so grateful that I can actually afford and be in this grocery store right now and buy organic food. Mm-hmm. You can look mm-hmm. at every situation and f- either find something to complain about yeah. or find something to be grateful about. So I would recommend that if anyone is transitioning into a plant-based diet, into a vegan-based or vegetarian-based, that they do it just a little bit slow because your body does need time to adapt to it. Like when I first went raw, it was I went raw vegan and I'm an O positive blood type, which is, you know, not necessarily, you, you, supposedly they say that O, o positive, you're, get, you're supposed to eat meat. I think all that is just not correct at mm-hmm. all. But we had to transition over years and years and years to a meat-based diet. So 
you need to tran- give yourself a little bit of time to transition out of that. It, it, you don't have to, but you're going to feel better if you do transition mm-hmm. out of that. And you will feel, um, you, you know, your perceptions, your energy, your vibration will go up. Everything will go up. Now, I'm like 99% vegan. Um, I will have some like raw cheese or something every now and then. I'm not 100% strict vegan. Most of the people that transition into a vegan or a vegetarian lifestyle do not do it the right way. They end up eating a lot of bread and gluten and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you have to really be careful to make sure that you supplement with really, I like to say, some raw nuts and seeds, putting those into your diet. It was a great Great books written in like the 1940s and 50s by Arnold Errett. It was oh, yeah. uh, um, The Mucusless Diet. Yeah. And The Mucusless Diet goes into transitioning really good into a vegetarian or really a vegan, mostly fruit-based uh, diet. The fruitarian diet really is people eat only fruit and they eat nuts and seeds, raw nuts and seeds. We had a, just to go with you real quick, we had a, one of my f- friends dad's from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio is huge on this Arnold Errett mucusless diet and he's almost like almost no food and just like fruit juice but of course just like fruit and it's pretty amazing. I mean he's like 63, 65, something like that and you can't even tell what age he is and he's just like living life. So yeah, I wanted to say, going off what you're saying about vibrations, and there's a couple of things because uh, uh, you asked me before we started recording how I get into it. You know, how how did we get into it? And and I mentioned to you that I was it was very early for me. You know, um, I don't know why. Maybe it was a combination of having foreign parents and coming into a new world, and then being a refugee, this and that, that I thought about the world more than somebody who was born pretty sanitized, goes to school, doesn't know really about real stuff, you know, because, and that's not a bad thing. We kind of, we hope that someday we would be part of a generation that doesn't have to go through a lot of trauma, Mm. but you know, it reminds you of the meme, you know, good times lead to weak men, weak men lead to bad times, bad times. You know, it reminds you of that a little bit. So, but I like to say to people that the proof, the proof is in the pudding about why you should try to raise your vibration always, always that you can rather than going the other way. Because if you give yourself to the light, if you give yourself to being positive and then nurturing your temple, nurturing your mind, consuming good things, things tend to improve in your life 360, like all over the place. Your relationships improve, your health improves. You know, the proof is in the pudding. But if you go through the darkness and then you become a nihilist and you drink too much and you party too much and you hang out with lascivious kind of dark people, mischievous people all the time, you get the other thing. You get depressed. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, life really sucks. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And that's the God mind versus the other mind, same mm-hmm. mind, whatever you want to call it. But those things are real. But the question is, and a lot of people will ask me, well, what are we supposed to do about it? What are we supposed to do about it? And I get frustrated when people ask me that because it, it, it seems like 
they're trying to absolve themselves of any responsibility mm. in the effort to become a better person as if it's so difficult and worse to be a positive individual rather than being negative which it isn't it's better to mm -hmm. be positive but we're programmed in so many ways to avoid that so what can you say to a person that says well what are we supposed to do about it yeah i get that question all the time too and i always tell people to start by working on yourself to start analyzing mm. your own life because the more people that improve individually, the more the collective consciousness vibrates and improves. It's just like, you know, take one person and teach them how to meditate and they can send love to the world. And then, you know, they can, once they become changed, once their vibration starts becoming higher, it ultimately attracts a higher vibrational people into their life. Mm -hmm. And really, it, it, life is an individual passage. It's an individual learning experience. And if, if many people start working on themselves, then ultimately, then they can get to a point where they'll have the feeling where they, I've seen it happen so many times where, where we've worked with, with people that just like that, maybe they were, had severe addictions, they've lost everything, they went through traumas. They were sick, about to die. They were on the, like the worst case scenarios. And once we educate them about all this stuff, once they go through all the detox and they detox their body, once they start becoming more mindful, once they start doing some meditation, they change to the point where their self-confidence starts coming back up. And so we kind of have a little thing that's like health equals self-confidence equals success. Mm -hmm. because. You know, once once they once they feel self confident, I'm talking about because we would ask them. You know, when's the last time you looked in the mirror and you actually said, "I love myself"? Mm -hmm. Like, when's the last time you looked in the mirror and said, "I am awesome"? Like, my, I'm having the best time ever. Like, this is awesome. And the answer we would get was always like, "Well, when I was a cheerleader in high school, when I, you know, I just had everything going, I had the best body. I mean, or the guys, you know, when I was a football player in high school." And these are like 50 or 60 year olds. It's like, right. that's the last time that you remember right. where you feel like you had everything going for you and you felt self-confident and everything. So, you know, that's what's missing. So we would detox and bring back that self-confidence and then bring back that self-love for themselves. And then they get to a point where they get excited again to get up. They're excited to look in the mirror at themselves. They, they feel that love for themselves again. And they're so excited about it that the people around them start noticing because their energy and their vibration starts to rise. And then people start asking them, what are you doing? Yeah, you look so different. Wow, you're vibrant over there. Wow, like you're really changing. Oh, look, you lost so much weight. Look at your skin. What are you doing? And people will ask you. And then you can say, and then you can share what you're doing with them. So mm -hmm. it, to me, it always starts from within. It always, and, but you also have to have that desire to change and you have to have, you know, what I've also noticed is it, what doesn't work is when a mom brings their daughter to you and says, I want you to do that for my daughter. Right. Or they say, mm -hmm. oh, I'm sending my son to see you because if you don't want to be there yourself or if you don't want to create that change. So we stopped working with people like that. It's just like, you don't want to be here because your mom, you know, they would come in. Oh, my, my friend sent me in here 
you know, said you can help me out or help me change, or my mom sent you. No, you need to be here because you want to be here. You need to be here because you want to change. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's not going to work. But we've seen it happen over and over again. I mean, when someone takes the responsibility and when someone detoxifies their life, it's almost like starting over because it's like, yeah, you've been doing all this stuff for 30 years and you haven't been balancing out your life. It's like the executives and the millionaires and the billionaires that come to, to see me. They're like, you, people think that these movie stars and these social media stars and these billionaires and all these millionaires and all these people are like the happiest people in the world. I know because I, I see half of Hollywood. Okay, like I, I, I deal with all these famous influencers. I deal with all these billionaires. And uh, I can tell you right now, what you see on their social media channels, what you see on their Instagram and all these other things, and you see you know, them flying around in jets all the time, and you, they, you have this altered reality of the life that they're living, they're severely depressed. They're sev- going through panic attacks. They're severely unhealthy. They're unhappy. And you know, I ask them, you know, what would you do? What, what would you do different? Especially for the the millionaires and the billionaires that are out there. And they always say, "I wish I woulda." You know, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. Mm. I wish I would have spent more time with myself. I wish I would have spent more time, you know, balanced my life out with my kids. Usually they're divorced two or three times because they Mm -hmm. focused on the things that were not important. Yes, I mean, making money is important, but then you're losing all the other attributes in life. And the thing is, what they learn, what hits them upside the head, is that time is the most valuable thing that you have Mm. because time is the one thing you can never get back. You can't, you know, you can always make more money. You can always get your health back. You can always do a lot of things, but you know, you can't get that time with your kids back. You can't get that time, you know, with your, you know, that time that you could have spent with yourself back either. That's why it's so important to always, you know, be mindful of what you're doing. And this is something that I've, I'm still trying to learn. Even with my kids, you know, I can pick them up. I can have a million things on my mind one day. My mind's going a million miles an hour. I can pick them up from school and they can be telling me all kinds of stories. And I get home 15 minutes later and they can say, hey, dad, what do you think about that? And I realize it hits me upside the head. Oh my gosh, I didn't hear one word they said. And so, you know, and this happens with people all the time because we're living in a world where we're so distracted. We have so many things going on that we've forgotten what it is to be mindful. And being mindful is Mm -hmm. being present in the present moment. You know, those are, those are like precious times that you lose. Like I lost that precious time. I could have, I didn't even, I didn't hear one word they said and they were talking to me for 10 minutes. Because I wasn't being mindful. I was, my mind mm-hmm. was scattered in, in multiple different places. And that's one of the biggest things that I teach people to be in the present moment. Be mindful of if you're talking to somebody, if you're, how many times have you been on the phone with somebody and you have them on speaker and you're like doing a million different things and you, you, you're not even listening to them really. They're just sitting there talking. Yeah. So, you know, all of these things and to, and to balance out your life and spend time, you know, Life is about balance. It's the yin and the yang. So we live in a world that no matter what, this world always has to have the balance of good and evil. It, uh, that's why there's good doctors, bad doctors, 
good auto mechanics, bad auto mechanics, good massage therapists, bad massage therapists. I mean, if you look at anything, there's always a balance of good and evil. And that's exactly what's happening right now. There's, 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 there's a lot of good working behind the scenes, but there's also a lot of evil. There's like spiritual warfare right now going on. There's a lot of good versus evil that's happening in the mm. world today. But that's another reason why you should know that you have all the solutions within you to become a high vibrational being, an enlightened being. And ultimately, like you said, regarding you know living off of only fruit, there's people that have even transitioned to breatharianism, mm. which is li- living off of air alone. So, I mean, the potential there is once, this is why sound is so important. And this is why you guys are, are so amazing with, you know, being, having that opportunity to be around music is because ultimately like the, like the perfect living masters that are and the gurus and, and everybody. And once you get to, will teach you that once you learn how to go within, you tap into the sound current. Mm. The sound current is what brings you up through multiple different layers. Sound is everything. Sound is what all life is created off of. Sound actually creates light. And that's why I think more and more people are attracted to sound and will be attracted to sound. Because I think the, the consciousness of the planet is definitely rising. And one of, the re- one of the reasons I say that is because I found out because I, nobody could understand me. And thank God there wasn't a bunch of Adderall and stuff back when I was growing up because I would have been put on everything and diagnosed with ADD too, like everybody else is. But that's not a bad thing. You know, actually what I've learned is that the, the children that were being diagnosed with ADD, they didn't really have ADD. They just had high spiritual sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And most of it went away by the time they were 12. And how I learned this is because I was sent to psychiatrists and I was in counseling all the time because no one could understand what was going on with me. I couldn't resonate with this world because the children that started being born in around 1965, the first layer of children, the spiritual children that were born in were called indigo children. Okay, The indigo children then gave birth to the rainbow children, the crystal children, and, you know, star children and other children, which were had higher levels of photons on their DNA, higher levels of spirituality. And it's very, very hard for a child who's living halfway in the spiritual plane and gets thrown down into this negative plane Mm -hmm. to be able to adapt. So what happens is they're diagnosed with ADD, they're diagnosed with ADHD, no one can understand them. And this was, was told to me and then with, by this lady that I was seeing, and she was like, well, you're an indigo child, and here's, here are the things that you're suffering from. You hate school. You hate to sit down for a long period of time. You like to think on your own. You have a really big imagination. You like to create, you know, like all these things. And I'm like, wait a second. No one's ever told me that before. And she's like, well, you're an indigo children, and this is what all these children are going through, except they're all being misdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. You're going to settle into this vibration on this earth because the earth is a very low vibration. It's almost the lowest, okay? Because it's the physical plane. Mm -hmm. As you get lighter and you go into the astral, you lose your physical body. That's what happens when you die. So this physical plane is is a very low vibrational plane. And so that's what's happening. If you take a a spiritual, highly vibrational spiritual person and you throw them down into the negative real fast when they come out, it's very hard for them to adapt. And so 
she was explaining to me that this is this is what's happening with all these children that are coming in and that are being born in, you know, since the 60s, still today they're being born in at a higher vibrational state to bring that higher vibration to the planet. But the powers that be know that too. And that's why they've increased the vaccines and they've put things in the vaccines to, to nullify these kids and to calcify their pineal gland because they know how powerful they are. That's what it appears to be because right around 99 um, is when I, I was so young. I was maybe, I don't know how old I was. Right. And then that's when I learned about computers and sure. I, I was like sneaking in whenever I could to like get on computers because one of the questions in my mind was like alternative schools. Like I wanted to go to different types of schools. I hated schools from a young age, but I noticed that with more and more people asking those big questions and, and talking about these topics that we're talking about right now, I found that the, they, okay. And I'm not going to list all the few thousand names that there are, but their techniques became more aggressive. The propaganda tools became more aggressive. Mm -hmm. The amount of toxins in every part of our environment increased. So it's like now we've come to the point, I believe, that they basically are losing. Uh, and it, they have become so desperate that they are trying to keep a magic trick going, like a misdirection trick going constantly with every single day on the news, every single day, something negative, this happening, this shooting, this shooting, this shooting, oh, more viruses coming in, you know, mm. you're not get, they're not trying to give you an opportunity to settle into your higher conscious state. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, That's it's so I'm blatantly obvious. I feel like I'm a big proponent. Now, n nobody really does this. Although, who really watches, like, TV? Like, normal, like, cable television. Like, it's kind of uh, obsolete almost at a point. But if I feel like if people just really didn't tune into it, you would just look around and be like, it's nice. You know, I'm gonna, I mean, in general, of course. But that's why I always bring up this Bill Hicks bit from a long time ago where he's like you turn on the news and there's like war famine death war famine killing blah, blah. and then he's like you look out the window and it's like crickets and I thought that was you know a good analogy for kind of what's going on because people are just so caught up in what they're being told to think and to go with your yin and yang um, statement from earlier I feel like that's such a big part of life in general and the yin and yang is so important or just the balance in general and today i feel like i can see it more than ever and i'm sure you guys would think similarly that they're they're trying to create an imbalance really and you know I'll, i'm gonna go here for a second there's a documentary that's coming out uh on the daily wire and i've been seeing the ads for it. it's called what is a woman and it's all about transgender people transgender women but the what is a woman and one thing that was interesting to me was that he went to the i think you pronounce it Ma maasai or maasai tribe in africa and he was just walking with the tribesmen and women tribesmen and women and he had a translator with him and he asked kind of the chief uh 
can a man be a woman and vice versa? And the chief had a pretty simple response. He said, no, because a man has a duty that a woman cannot do and a woman has a duty that a man cannot do. And I thought that was pretty interesting and also a representation of the yin and yang. And that's not, uh, by the way, you know, when somebody hears this and gets upset, that's not uh, any sort of excuse to treat somebody poorly for who they are or anything like that, if they're transgender or whatever. But I think, you know, especially living in this reality that we're in, when we start to create all these imbalances, or even if it's in the food, you know, food, water, social construct world, um, that derails everybody and it makes them scattered and they can't think. And then they stop thinking for themselves. Cause I think when you kind of stop, go on your own, address yourself, that's when you really come to the truth. And everybody also knows deep, deep down what is true per se. I think a lot of people have a lot of cognitive dissonance that they try and fight with, which is also why I thought it was funny. I was watching a, and I hadn't watched him very much, but I watched this guy, Steven Crowder, talk with a bunch of college students. And I actually was like, let me sit down and watch this full 45-minute thing, this conversation. And I was like, Steven's actually being pretty nuanced here. And the people who are arguing against him, it's like, man, you're just like running into dissonance after dissonance. And I just think we're seeing that too much right now. I have a question for you, uh, doctor. And uh, I want to preface this uh, with this analysis. Um, When we look at the rise of transgender rhetoric and the rise of um, so many things, I mean, cancer is going up. This is allegedly, look, uh, based on the numbers we have and dysphoria and depression and more subscription of medication and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At some point, there appears to be some sort of consolidation or, 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 or when all the data points really meet up and then, and then you look at what's happening in the cultural zeitgeist. Um, uh, and now what's happening in the political zeitgeist. So there's a document called Agenda 2030. You know, I think all of us here would agree the difficult, the most difficult part of the journey is admitting that there's room for improvement. Mm -hmm. Or that there might be a kind of a problem here. Because it it kind it, it it has the potential to feel really negative. And you don't want anybody to feel bad. But I mean, if you're in a ditch and you're dying and you're about to OD, it's not negative to say, hey, dude, you're in a ditch. You got to get out of the ditch. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're at. But Agenda 2030 is about creating a globalized system of stakeholders. Where everything is no longer decided by... I mean, it is it is what we are living in already, but it's the public version of what we are already living in so that ev- the whole world accepts this new system. Agenda 2040, however, is where that political system is integrated with AI. 
And this is what I want to get into. It is my belief, and we can go on about this. We really should have the documents so I can show you all the spots. But I think the purpose of dehumanizing people is that they become not flesh, not spiritual entities, but products. So that when they are products, they don't have spiritual discernment. They are just consumers, and then things can be put into their bodies, and 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 their limbs can be patented and trademarked. Their health system, their new immunosystem can be trademarked and manipulated. Mm-hmm. And so our minds are being replaced with robots, and our bodies are being replaced. I want to say this because you just reminded me, and we haven't talked to Dr. Group about this yet, but when the, and I'm going to mince my words a little bit just so I don't have to do too much cutting of words when we put this up. Uh, When the shot was put out or when it was really coming out and people were kind of talking about, and you had different groups talking about different stuff, there was this talk about because it's a DNA modifying drug, that they're then able to patent you. Did you know, hear about this? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Well, to, 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 to look at what the agenda is, the reason why they're accelerating everything at a rapid, rapid rate is because they feel like they are losing control. This, mm-hmm. is, this is about control. Yeah. And they feel like they're losing control. That's uh, slipping away from them, so that's why they're you know really cranking up everything as fast as they possibly can, and doing as much as they possibly can. Um, I think that first of all, when you were talking about you know the transgender and and all of this stuff that's going on, the biggest virus that's ever that was ever created was the propaganda machine through the TV. Mm-hmm. Because the more that they put signals and messages in your head, the more you they can train you to think that everything's okay and this is just the way society is and the way society needs to be. Mm-hmm. Until you cut the head off the snake, like the snake is not, you know, the, the snake is the mainstream media because the, that's where the manipulation is happening. That's where the deception is happening. For example, they can they can make the whole world believe that Ukraine is the good guy mm-hmm. when nobody does their research to find out that Ukraine is where the cabal, the dark forces, the families launder all their money, where the bioweapon facilities are, where the child trafficking takes place, where the gun running takes place. You know, so they can convince basically whatever you hear on the mainstream news. Think the opposite of that. So if you're thinking, you know, this is happening, most likely it's the opposite. However, they've been purposely putting endocrine disrupting chemicals in your food and your water for years and years and years. Um, And that, you know, like Alex Jones said that on that video, turns the frogs gay or whatever. There's a lot of truth to what's happening with that. Yeah. You know, there's there's people there, there's there's been an attack, like a coordinated attack to try to feminize men. And this is all 
plenty of research behind this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I don't judge anybody for their choices, but there's a lot of scientific research that's undeniable on phthalates, on estrogen chemicals, on mm-hmm. uh, BPA, on different types of plastics that are getting into the water supply, that are in the food supply, yeah. that are even in the air, that will feminize and sterilize men. They've been doing that on purpose for years and years to take the masculinity away from the male and to disrupt society. Everything you can think of to disrupt and to put people against each other and to you know create more division and more anger and more fear and all that stuff that they, they've had plans to do all that. So that's that's you know a whole nother side of the story to that and and we know that that's you know when you expose mothers to these chemicals when you expose children to these chemicals it can alter their hormones and it can even you know switch you know the gender you, know, it, you can turn a you can put it in the water and a frog can turn from a female to a male so we know that that's that's proven now I would say Maybe we can pull up atrazine. Yeah, atrazine. Even a, even for a Wikipedia article will tell you all about it. <laughs> Glyphosate, atrazine, genetically yeah. modified. The, 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 and the, like you said, that with Agenda 2030, it's a transhumanistic agenda. What they're trying to do is they're trying to own every single person and make them convert them into a robot. They're mm-hmm. trying to create half man, half machine. And they're doing that through multiple different methods, especially through some of the ingredients that we've found when they can create, when they can create a pandemic and tell you that they're going to do it in advance and then have 90% of the population through the, the main virus, which is the TV, believe that something that is less talk, you know, less deadly than the flu every single year that has like a 99.97% survival rate. But they can make everybody wear a mask. They can wait, make everybody bow down, make everybody go into their house and stay there, make everybody believe that they're going to die if they go outside. That shows you the power and the control of the media in itself. Yeah. And then make everybody believe that they have the solution for that and then go run as fast as they can to get injected with a poison, a poisonous cocktail, which, by the way, contains already transhumanistic nanobots and graphene oxide and all kinds of stuff that they can control you through the 5G system, which they secretly put into place when everybody was locked down everywhere. That's true. So they had this whole thing planned and they even were spraying, you know, if if you notice whenever we had a new outbreak, about two weeks before every outbreak, they had a massive geoengineering project going on and they were spraying everything in the air. And then two weeks later, everybody had an outbreak with some new variant or some new virus or some new something. Now, I was personally on the COVID task force for the government. I had direct connections to the president. One person between us and the president that we were reporting to. Our job was 
in January of 2020, even though we had evidence that the so-called, we don't even call it a virus, we just call it a pathogen because we still haven't even been able to prove what it actually is that they're spraying or, or what maybe it was just the release of, of foreign particles from our own cells because we were blasted with 5G frequencies. But that's, we were part of this team. We were chosen to be able to look around all over the world and give feedback from all the frontline doctors and report up. So we knew early on iodine was extremely effective. Iodine, the reason why it's so effective, I think, is because it helps block and absorb electromagnetic frequencies and 5G frequencies. Mm. Um, you know, all the things you heard about, quercetin, zinc, vitamin D, you know, chlorine dioxide solution, ivermectin, you know, all these things. We, we, hydroxychloroquine, we were the ones that were reporting these things. Well, these all, the, all these things were, we learned, you know, within a couple of weeks that everything was being squashed. So we said, you know, what the heck are we doing here? We're not going to, you're not talking about it. We're giving you all this stuff that you can blast out to the whole world. And they don't need, you know, at that time we didn't have enough information about, you know, what was really going on, but we were, you know, just trying to relay that information. And so we all, the whole team just backed away and went their own way. And we all wanted to go, get the information out to the world ourselves. That's when we started, you know, blasting it everywhere on YouTube, blasting it everywhere on social media, blasting it, doing interviews all over. The videos were getting millions of views and we were heavily, every single one of the doctors that was on the team and, and, and many other scientists and practitioners and everybody else out there were just heavily censored. That's when they came out and really started attacking all of us, suppressing us, suppressing all the information. Obviously, they don't want the information to get out there. Now, over the last year, we've been working with an underground team of scientists to develop, you know, technologies and solutions for what's going on with the mRNA, how to stop the spike protein, and people that already have had the cocktail that are suffering majorly right now, which we've seen cancer spike 6,000% blood clots, myocarditis, hepatitis, autoimmune diseases, AIDS. You know, we're seeing like basically massive amount of conditions that people are suffering from right now. And that's, that's why we're also seeing a lot of people awakening, uh, uh, wake, wake up because I've interviewed many people that have stopped addictions that were, you know, severely addicted to drugs, gambling, whatever it was, and had been to multiple rehab centers and they had been clean 10 years or something. And I always ask them, you know, what'd you do? What was it? And every single one of them that's been clean for a long period of time or stopped their addiction always says, I had to hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. I had to lose everything. I had to go through the most pain, the most suffering the most trauma that I've ever been through in my entire life. None of the rehab centers really, you know, did any good for me, anything. It wasn't until I lost everything. And it, there was one moment that I just, it was this aha moment. It was just something switched inside of me. 
And I just stopped, and I've, I've been clean ever since. I changed. It's an awakening. They basically mm-hmm. had an awakening. And that's what we're seeing right now. I know because like, I talked to moms who took their, their daughter in to get a, the, 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 the toxic cocktail, and, she, and they died. She went in the morning the next morning and found her daughter dead in bed. I mean, how... What else would, would wake you? What's going to wake you up faster than that? Mm-hmm. And this, these are people that were completely hardcore, you know, non-awakened. Mm-hmm. And within hours, they're completely flipped. They see it. The light comes on. Mm-hmm. So what's happening right now is we have a very, very large amount of people in the population around the world that have been zombified that have been manipulated, controlled, deceived, that are believing everything they hear through the mainstream media. And these people are resonating on a very low vibration because they've given their vibration up to let other people control them. Then other people control their lives. They're not taking responsibility for their own self. They haven't found their true self. They haven't found their, their power within. And this group of people resonates and vibrates at a very, very low frequency. Then you have people in the middle that are kind of in the middle. And then you have people that are the awakened people like you, like me. And that doesn't mean we're better than them, but just means we've spent a long time in our our lives learning the truth, becoming more enlightened, becoming, you know, uh, learning about uh, ourselves more. So we have a division that, you know, the, the awakened people, like we can't even understand sometimes how they can't see, like, how can you mm-hmm. not see this? Like, you just want to shake them and you just want to wake them up. But on their vibrational level, they think the same thing about us. They're saying, how can they not see this? This is the best thing for you. Like, how are you, you know, how are you not running out and getting this? How are you not? You know, thinking that the that the president is the best president in the world right now, that he's changing the world. Like, you know, so there's a big shift in frequency and vibration. The low the people that are vibrating on a very low frequency cannot, they don't, they they can't understand how the people in the high vibration think. And the people in the high vibration, they can't understand how the people in the low vibration think. Unfortunately. You know, everybody has a destiny when they come down on this planet. And I, unfortunately, I think that there's going to be a massive amount of people that will never wake up and that will, will, will unfortunately pass away. But I th- also believe that we've all been put here for a reason because mm-hmm. we've been here, whether you like it or not, the reason we're doing this show, the reason why I'm here right now is because we are, we are there to help the people transition to the next through this awakening process, like these individuals that are becoming awakened, that are saying, oh my gosh, you know, what has happened? And shows like this are going to be there to say, this is what's going on. And we're going to be there to help hold their hand and not judge them and bring them through this great awakening process so they can improve themselves and they can become one with, with God and nature and they can learn about the things they need to learn about so they can you know, transition into this next level of consciousness, this next level of vibration. 
And so that's why we're doing what we're doing right now. I mean, that because we're here, we, we've been, we've been, whether we like it or not, we're here to help the people that are, or that want to become awakened and that are becoming awakened right now. Yeah. And somebody, I feel like somebody has to stand up for something in any of this. And I think one reason that we just have these conversations is one, to create a network of people that create a community of people that are thinking similarly or have similar objectives. But that might sound bad to somebody listening, have similar objectives, but really the objective is actually unity at the end of the day of all people through love, through truth. And sometimes I think that truth can be a little, or love can be like tough love where Armin said earlier, you know, if you're in a ditch, it's still love to say, we got to get you out of the freaking ditch. And you were kind of an idiot to walk into that ditch. But we, we still love you. <laughs> you know, something like that. And, um, you know, one way that we're tangibly fighting for it, I, w- I can't really go into too many details about it, but I, and with the help of Armin as well, uh, am suing like a very large organization here in Houston for not hiring me because I didn't have a shot even though they had a stipulation in their contract where I could get a medical exemption. And I actually found a medical document with a, you know, a little something on it that I was like, oh, this is actually you know, a good reason. Um, but you know, they're going to get sued for it. And I recorded everything and it's not looking good for them. And so that's why you know, I want to connect with different people who, are on, who understand what's going on, even like Dr. Mary. Bowden as well. She's somebody that I've talked to about this and she's doing a similar thing. And um we can talk about it and create the community, but then we have to also act on it. And you're doing your part by like adamantly well, everything everything you're doing. And then we're all talking and then we're meeting. So, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the way the universe works, right? I mean, they just it, the universe puts puts people together that are that are resonating at the same frequency that are all trying to help humanity, and that's great that you're doing that. You know, we we need to do more and more of that. We support multiple organizations all over the world that are doing the same thing, that are suing organizations that are trying to bring awareness to people, that are planting more fruit trees, that are doing, you know, just really good things to raise the the frequency. You know, you hear all about this discrimination this and discrimination that, but what about that's 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 a perfect example of discrimination. What's happened to many people, many people over the last couple of years mm-hmm. that have lost their jobs because of that. I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. because of mandates, mandating something that is a poisonous substance onto people is, I mean, unthinkable. And can I tell you one more thing about this experience? I have to be kind of, I want to be careful with what I say because I, you know, I don't want them to ever come back and be like defamation. I'm talking about like what you have. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say a story where we were recording with this organization and, <clears throat> you know, we're all spread out. We're in an arts museum. This is a big organization. And we recorded this video and I didn't wear a mask in the video because I had like a blue mask or something. And I was like, we're in black. We're in the arts museum. It's beautiful. We did the first take. It was awesome. They said, oh, can't use that take because you didn't wear a mask. And I'm like, 
I'm I'm farther than everybody's 20 feet away from each other. Like us three, even the band, we're all each individually like probably 15 to 20 feet away. And then the crew is way down there. So I'm thinking we're distanced, you know, we're fine. And then I said, well, dang, I didn't, I don't have a black mask. I'm for sure not going to ruin this video with a blue mask. And does any, do we have any extra black masks here? And this woman who was part of the, older woman who was part of the crew, like 60s, 70s, maybe. She's like, oh, you can wear mine. Takes it off her face. and says, you can wear mine. And I'm like, are these people stupid? And the thing was, I put it on just to get the video done and not make it look bad. How did the mask look? There's, you know, makeup caked inside the mask. I barely put it on. And uh, we do the video and whatever. You can watch it. It looks like I'm wearing like a... I hate those KN95s because it actually just looks like a BDSM dog mask. Which is not cool. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is BDSM. It, it's, it's, uh, it's a control system. It's one of the most brilliant things that they concocted during this scheme is the mask element of it. Right, right now, you have a whole bunch of children that, that have lost their ability to even speak. Mm. They're, they're having speech impediments because mm-hmm. they had to wear a mask. They weren't able to read lips, which is right. super important to do as a child. Yeah. And what they did was they basically, it's, it, the signal was to shut your mouth. Shut like, your mouth. You, shut your mouth. We don't want to hear what you have to say. So, like, masks, this, the whole thing is just bizarre because masks aren't going to, help you anyway it's like putting a chain link fence around your house to keep the mosquitoes out i mean Mm -hmm. it's the whole thing was just a complete you know psychological warfare stunt i mean lancet just released a preprint of a gigantic study very large sample size much bigger than we had before that were pro mask uh documents and it's basically called like revisiting um schools that had mandates versus schools that didn't have ma- uh, mandates. And the Lancet report suggests that according to this, a large sample size, there's no significant difference, if any, between the two. And there's even some evidence to suggest that there's a higher increase of bacterial infection and other types of um, really, um, oh, what, what was the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah, bacterial infection specifically in the lungs. In any case, so, uh, but are we going to hear about that report? Are we going to uh, talk about that? Um, I don't know, but my point is, is we ran with these mandates. We ran with, even on the most basic level, if you don't want to think about all the data points, why, as a thinking person would you put something in your body that's fast tracked so rapidly developed never ever administered to such a population before that they are literally running the last trial on us and is having visible like you don't really have to even look too far to see visible problems i can't even we have so many i'm sure you do too just people who we know who are acquaintances where he's like, I have Guillain-Barre syndrome now. Or I have, like, I know another bass player. He's like, 
have Bell's palsy and like his face is all jacked up and he's like, I'm like, what are you thinking? Or a bunch of other people too. And it just doesn't make sense that it's pretty clear. And you know, I mean, and they don't listen to anybody who's actually, like I always thought it was amazing how much, and I'd love to know what you think about him, but Robert Malone, you know, he has a very not um, like when you actually just listen to him, he's pretty like middle of the road, almost very calm about what he's saying, saying important things. But the amount that they smear him and just try and make you think that he's this ultimate liar is pretty amazing to me. So yeah, they're, they're, they're smearing everybody. I mean, they just they're doing everything they possibly can to, to stop this information from coming out. And there's massive amounts of attorney groups that I know personally that are working behind the scenes to try to sue the, the federal government for, you know, all kinds of different things, mask mandates, shots. I mean, they got the Pfizer documents released, which weren't even going to be released for years and years and years. Um, and I think that we're seeing a shift from people to people, you know, over a period of time, they get sick of things. You know, you can only, mm-hmm. e- even if you're completely manipulated, you can only wear a mask for so long, you know, and like, even at the end, it was really, really pushing it because even, even the people that were like super hardcore mask, Mm -hmm. you know, they were even starting to get sick of it after, you know, a year or two years of, of forcing anybody to do anything. It just like sooner or later, your soul is going to wake up and say, wait a second. I mean, how long am I going to have to do this? You know? So people are starting to shift over because they're noticing the level of censorship that's going on in the, the social media platforms that are there. All those social media platforms are all taken over by the NSA and the CIA and the government and the and DARPA and all that. When they get to a certain point, the 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 military, not the military, there's there's some good people in the military. There's also bad, but you know, the the cohort underground operations. FDA, USDA, World Health Organization, UN, DARPA, you know, all these these organizations, FBI, they've all they've been infiltrating and taking over all of these social platforms. You know, once they get to a certain amount of people, they just come in and 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 basically take them over and put all their codes and algorithms in there to be able to harvest all the data. And so um, people like Dorsey and, and individuals that actually start something, and once it gets to a certain um, level, they end up getting taken over and silenced. And then they're just a, then they're just a puppet working for the, the whole scheme. Mm-hmm. I know that because uh, I know somebody that knew Dorsey, and he, what 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 I believe happened, what was told to me was that um, he had to give up everything to the organizations and it really affected him to where he started going into deep spiritual practices and he started meditating and started asking for forgiveness and all kinds of stuff. I met him actually and uh, in Miami and that's, I think, why he ended up getting out of the organization because of uh, he couldn't, he couldn't stand the evil anymore. 
Mm-hmm. For, for the last five or six years, he's basically been just, you know, doing spiritual. Nobody knows this, but he's mm-hmm. basically just been doing spiritual studies and meditation. And he just couldn't, couldn't deal with the negativity of it anymore. So uh, even though as much as we, you know, criticize him and, and you know, say that he's so evil, I, I, I personally found out about, that, about the other side of what was going on with him personally. And when I met him, honestly, he was just like, just very, very just scared and like wanted to just get out of, like he knew. Like he, when did you meet him? What time I was just, I had I was in Miami for the because I'm really into cryptocurrencies too. My wife and I have been work you know doing a bunch of blockchain stuff since 2017, and we were at the Bitcoin conference and uh, we were we were at the same hotel and so we just ended up coming from the pool and like we ran right into Jack Dorsey and so we were walking with him the whole way. Wow! And then got in the elevator with him and then went you know went up the elevator with him too. So we were just like Jeez. you know and then. It was just meant to, there was like a universal thing. Like I, I, my energy had to feel his energy and everything, like for some reason. And then, and then the next day we go down to lunch and he's sure enough, he's sitting right next to us at the next table having lunch too. So there was definitely an energetic transfer that had to take place during that, during that time period. And so, and yeah, so I, I think that, We're definitely in a stage right now where we're going to, you know, where people are definitely going through an awakening process. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that are going through a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. And you're seeing that in families. Like every single person I've talked to has a family member that's, you know, not awakened, that's on the other side, that's, you know, that's, that's going, that you're trying to talk to that's not listening or multiple family members. There's been so many divisions of between how people think like there's been divorces there's been you know children not agreeing with their parents or parents not agreeing with their children or just there's just been disruptions everywhere but the good news is we started when we knew what was coming down my team in in collaboration with a lot of the doctors that you've mentioned a lot of doctors you know Judy Mikovits and all the there's just a small group of people that we all kind of been working together and we're all at the same conferences talking, you know, Mike Adams and Dr. Batar and, and, you know, um, Dr. Artis and many others, but, uh, and Malone and, and, um, we all, Dr. Carrie Madej, I mean, a lot of, a lot of people are, are figuring out more and more things that are involved with this system and what's being injected. Um, but anyway, the good news is we've been working on ways to be able to repair and regenerate DNA and mm. stop the mRNA because that's mRNA basically is something that recodes your DNA. So if you have your original DNA, by God, you have the memory of that. What they're doing is they're trying to recode it. Mm-hmm. And so um, all the doctors, by the way, that were on the team said, you know, it's too late. Anyone that gets this is going to be gone within five years. And I still, you know, we're starting to see a lot of people that are healing over. Of course, they haven't made the connection yet. But, um, but what we found is that there is a way. This is, it's pretty radical and it's pretty extreme and it's pretty crazy. But there is one, two ways that we've found so far that will 
actually regenerate and repair your DNA. Wow. Before you, I want you to tell us a little bit about that, if you can. But before you tell us about that, be honest with me. Should you mess with partners that have had several mm. of the inoculations? Oh, that is, is really one of the biggest concerns because, you know, you're talking about sharing bodily fluids. So what we found is best case scenario is no. So kind of like a, uh, like the best case scenario would be like a level one to where both partners have been clean. Right. Level two scenario would be you're around somebody, but you're not sharing bodily fluids with them, but you just, you're around them like a family member or something like that. But, you know, you're in the same house, you're in the same, you know, vicinity. And we do know, I would say pretty, we're pretty convinced that the shedding will be taking place. Oh yeah. You know, so that's, that, that would be like a level two. Then a level three would be, sharing bodily fluids with somebody that actually has been had the cocktail and that would be you know what i would recommend not to do or if you're you do have a scenario like that you take them through our detoxification and repair program uh which we've which we have definitely proven through the d-dimer test that um, anybody who's been inoculated, I recommend that they go do a D-dimer test. A D-dimer test will, will test for microcoagulation, mm -hmm. and it'll test for the amount of damage that you're having in your system. Do they ever do that? So um, what you do is you go through our program, go through the detoxification program, and then you retest with the D-dimer. And if your D-dimer comes back to normal, then... You know, I would still retest, you know, every three months, something like that, just to see, to make sure that you're, you're still not affected. But yeah, I mean, that's a big concern with everybody, especially in the dating community right now. Oh my gosh. I've heard from so many people. It's like, when is somebody going to come out with a dating app that you can, you know, choose somebody to hang out with somebody that's, that's clean. There was one, you know, it was shut down. It was oh. literally called like on. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. And it was shut down. Google yeah. Google took it down. Well, that somebody needs to do something like that because it's a, it's a big issue and we, especially the uh infertility issue that's involved with that. Right. You know, mm -hmm. because you know, you're going to get involved with somebody and you're probably you know, if you're a male, you're you're not you're not going to have any more active sperm. If you're a female, you're not going to have any more active eggs. You know, so I, I talked to a guy with a fertility clinic out in California, and he's having a really, really hard time harvesting any eggs. Wow. Uh, I know there's people in the UK, like males over there, that are selling their sperm for like fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a dose right now, pounds, fifty, sixty thousand pounds. Give me on that. They're selling their sperm over there in the UK. So <laughs> um, that's going. Let me. Mark my words, that will be one of the biggest businesses in the, in the, in the coming years. They're already talking about not accepting blood right. from anybody that's, that's had the inoculation. And so it is the being able to have children will be one of the biggest, biggest things and concerns moving forward into the future. And so any 
clean sperm or clean eggs will be going for a massive amount of money. Children of Men, you know, you know that movie, Children of Men, you know. All these movies, um, I, I just, I have flashbacks thinking about how these things were introduced in the culture and they're unraveling now. It's almost like yeah. we're in the craziest blockbuster film ever in history. Right we now. are in the middle of yeah. the craziest blockbuster yeah. film in, the, in history. Yeah. 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 But what a perfect time to be sterile because nobody wants to have kids. Everybody hates each other. You know, F them kids. Got to yeah. take those kids out. You know, who wants to have a family anyway? Who wants to be loyal? Who wants to, you know, it's just, it's all yeah. coalescing so perfectly. That, and that goes with the the imbalance thing. I forgot another show on Netflix that come out. Uh, what's it called? He's, 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 he's ex- pregnant. He's expecting. He's expecting. The Netflix psyop. And it's just like, you know. Yeah, saying, and it's probably wow. ranked top ten in in Netflix too. It's on the top. You know, it's just it's constant bombardment and bombardment and bombardment. One more thing about kind of that well, infiltration. Let's talk about the detox too. Yeah, talk about that right after this. Even you know, uh, I just I had to see it. I had to go onto the LGBTQ uh, YouTube front page because it's Pride Month, and I wanted to see kind of what they're what they're saying. And what I noticed was. On the uh, front cover image, to kind of blue and pink, different people. There's like an androgynous person, and their arm is right here. And of course, there's a little band aid mm-hmm. for where they got their shot. And I'm like, this is so wacky. And then in the other far right corner, I noticed a butterfly that had the blue and pink. And I was like, oh, that looks a lot like the uh, child love butterfly symbol from the FBI documents about pedophilia. Yeah. And I put them next to each other and they're like essentially the same thing. I'm like, this is weird. But anyway. Yeah, and the MK the uh, MK Ultra programs and and all the things that they've been doing to it's a combination of everything, you know, poisoning the air, poisoning the food, poisoning the water. Okay, so if you guys want to talk about something that's super crazy that is not is what would be considered extremely far out in a lot of different communities, but Mm. in reality is one of the simplest things uh, that's been used for over 5,000 years as, as part of the, is one of the only things that we've found that holds the original memory of your DNA and something that we started working on 14 months ago when we were part of the, the, the the team uh, looking at solutions. Well, in India, uh, they were using urine therapy for the getting rid of any type of pathogens. And so within 48 to 72 hours, uh, they were getting better. Mm-hmm. So um, I was first introduced to it 25 years ago um, at, at an underground cancer convention. And uh, so there was a guy that was walking around. His name was Dr. Jesse Partridge. And he used to drive a Winnebago, one of those old Winnebagos, to all these underground cancer conventions. And he used to always walk around. He used to hand out this book called Your Own Perfect Medicine by a woman named Martha Christie that was written in 1995. And he used to always tell us, you know, he he was basically in his 70s, I think, back then. And this was in 95. He was like, one of these days, you guys will realize that everything you need to eliminate every single disease is already inside of you. And we 
you know, the guy was always successful and he, he used to use magnets and he used to have his patients drink their own urine and do some urine injections and stuff like that. But it sounded really far out, right? But you have to have an open mind these days. Like now is the time for mm-hmm. you to forget every single thing that you've learned because most of it's fake and most of it's a lie anyway. And now's the time to open up your mind to all possibilities because now if you don't have an open mind, you might not survive. Mm-hmm. An open mind is what's going to get you to the next level of consciousness. And so my teams have been working for 14 months on doing the research behind this. And I've been speaking on it. I just spoke on it at the Advanced Medicine Conference to mostly a bunch of medical doctors. We've got so much evidence and so much research behind this. Just, just think, about, think about the deception behind this and think about the simplicity that God would be able to create the perfect balance of every single thing that you need to balance out your system, to fight disease, to give you all the antibodies, to give you the antigen, to give you the antibodies, the antivenoms, everything to rebalance yourself. And it actually comes out through your urine. We've been taught that urine was a waste product for so many years. We've been taught, taught that it's toxic. We've been taught to mentally say, ooh, gross, ooh, gross. It's been used since the beginning of time. It was actually very heavily regarded as one of the one of the most sought after compounds especially in some of the regions in india where they had kings and queens where the babies they would have special cloth diapers and they would have make sure that the, they brought the urine from the babies to the kings and the queens and they would squeeze it and they would use it on their skin and they would you know drink it so basically what we've found in the last 14 months is the answer to everything, the detoxification, the repairing, because your urine contains a massive amounts of stem cells. Mm. And we've actually pulled articles from the journals of stem cell therapy talking about the, the stem cells in your urine that can be used to regenerate all of the organs in your body. Wow. So we know, think about this. So we know like the quercetin, zinc, the colloidal silver, the D, the budenicide, the, all of these ivermectin and all of these things will work against pathogens or foreign particles, let's say. But none of, these, none of those things actually contain your DNA memory. Mm-hmm. Ivermectin doesn't contain the memory of your specific DNA. So what are you going to use to repair the DNA? That's the big question. That's the million-dollar question. The only thing that you have that contains the original memory of your DNA is going to be inside of you. And that's why we're getting this information out to the masses because it's free. And it's the only thing that's going to recode your DNA and prevent you from being transferred into a transhuman uh, cyborg, which they want you to be transferred into. And by the way, we are totally aware of this. Yeah. <laughs> and we've been on board. Now, I haven't tried that. I haven't tried it yet, but yeah. Well, mo- a lot of pharmaceuticals, and think about this, okay, what is the main issue that people are dealing with right now? Blood clotting, right? Yeah. What is the, what is the mainstream medicine use to control blood clotting? 
Blood thinners. Urokinase. Urokinase. If you look it up on drugs.com, urokinase, it's a, it literally says this on drugs.com, a clot busting drug. Mm-hmm. Clot busting. Guess what your urine, the main, comp- one of the main components in your urine is? Urokinase. Interesting. So they take it from urine. Mo- a lot of pharmaceuticals. There's more research done on urine than any other compound ever. Wow. Done. Wow. As a matter of fact, the American Medical Association in 1954 came out and said that statement. Wow. So they've known about it. They use a lot of the components in from human urine and horse, horse urine is where they get all their hormone therapy from. Mm-hmm. Every single person has lived on their own urine and breathed their own urine in because when you're in the womb for nine months, all you're doing is drinking your own urine. It's just you're breathing it in and it's recycling and recycling. So every person has drank their own urine before. And there's a massive amount. I even I have so much research on it that I actually had to create a website called urotherapyresearch.com because I wanted everybody to have the research. I didn't want to just have it myself and say, look, I'm putting all this up on a website for free so you know that you have everything mm-hmm. that you need already to save your life for free. As a matter of fact, now, Dr. Artis, I don't know if you guys have seen the latest news about the snake venom and how the they're identifying in the shots. Uh, there's actual snake venom. There's snake venom in there and polypeptides of snake venom from the cobra as well as another uh, snake as well. Wow. And they're even now thinking that that was actually put in the water supplies of, of in cities all over the different areas because the CDC on their website is testing the water supplies. It's a really weird thing they have on their website talking about testing the water supplies for COVID. So Mm, Dr. Brian Artis has been coming out and revealing a lot of that information. And now they're even finding these weird little snake venom crystals in, um, in the shots, as well as uh, these organisms that are coding the DNA to actually produce venoms. So think about this. It's, it's been widely known in South America and throughout India, especially from the tribesmen and the people that go into the jungles all the time, where they get bit by poisonous snakes, right? There's no hospitals or emergency rooms or they snake venoms over there. <laughs> they pee on it, and within 15 seconds of the time that they get bit, the body develops an antivenom. And so they drink their own urine, and that's the antivenom, and they survive. Wow. So think about what's happening now, you being injected, which is a slow death or a kind of a slow death, versus getting injected by a black mamba with a poison, because it's all poison, right? Where you die in an hour or two. Think about how powerful that antidote is if it can save you from, from that kind of a poison and neutralize that poison within an hour or two and save your life, think about what it can do for all the other poisons. In nature, anything that injects you is poisonous, whether it's a bee, you can, know, you can die from anaphylactic shock, whether it's a snake, a spider, you know, it doesn't matter. A jellyfish, what do you do for a jellyfish sting? You pee on it. So what I, you know, it was, it was definitely, you know, people were saying when I was talking to all these doctors, it's like, you're going to be the one that's coming out with this worldwide. I mean, what do you think? What's your reputation? What's going to happen to your reputation? I was like, I don't care because think another weapon they use is fear. 
And fear drops your immune system by 50 to 60% instantaneously. So think about if you knew that you had a golden nectar of solution and medicine that would counteract any poison that you're exposed to and repair every bit of damage that could be done within your system, would you stay in living in fear at that point? If you had a magic potion that you knew could save you from anything, don't you think that would take away a lot of your fear? Mm -hmm. So I said, I'm just going to risk my reputation. I've already been written up multiple times, Times, Wall Street Journal, Daily Beast. I mean, they're bashing me everywhere online right now because we're coming out with this information. And medical doctors are reviewing all this information. They're saying, I can't, there's nothing I can find that's contraindicative of this. Because there's been so many doctors and so much research and Harvard, Harvard Medical School did studies on it in the 50s. I mean, there's so much, there's undeniable evidence. There's undeniable evidence that this will take care of any potential situation that you have. There were wow. doctors in the 80s that were using this uh, therapy with, uh, that were getting complete 100% reversals of HIV and AIDS. Whoa. There's not one disease that we haven't found that this won't completely eliminate. I mean, genetic disorders like Down syndrome and stuff like that. But any acquired degenerative illness or mm-hmm. disease, we have evidence that over a period of time of drinking this, rubbing it on your skin, and possibly injecting it, never injecting it intravenous, but injecting it in, you know, in the gluteal muscle, we have evidence on that website of practically every single condition you can imagine that within a month to a year will completely eradicate. Wow. Even cancers? Oh, yeah. Well, look at Dr. Brzezinski, who's here in Houston. Dr. Brzezinski spent years in India at a urine therapy clinic, because that's where a lot of clinics are in India, where they just do that. That's all they do is just urine therapy. Mm -hmm. And that's when he came, he found the success over there treating cancer patients. And so he isolated the anti-neoplastins from the urine and started the Brzezinski Clinic. And he's been heavily attacked, heavily attacked for years and years and years, but he's one of the most successful cancer doctors in the world. And he doesn't even use the full thing. He just uses one component of it. I'm big into using everything that your body creates. I don't want to take one thing out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, use the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Dr. Hit Clinic in Mexico, he uses a compound with it. Um, but the, but the beautiful thing of it is, is the simplicity of it, right? Because we're all taught to look outside of ourselves for everything, right? For our whole lives. And then I've been studying natural medicine and natural therapies for 25 years. To come all the way back around when I was told about it, and I actually practiced it multiple times during during the last 25 years, but not consistently. But then to come back around to know that basically everything that we need to know to heal ourselves is already free, given to us. Sunlight, mm-hmm. urine, sleep, meditation, mindfulness, being able to use our mind and our energy in a positive way through positive thoughts and bringing love and affection into our bodies. Like everything we need, being grounding ourselves outside in nature, eating live, living foods. Like everything that we need, it's not much, just those things right there. Mm. 
And that's all you ever need to know. That's all you ever need to be able to live a healthy and happy life. Wow. I have a final, I have a final thing. Do you have a final thing? No. No. <laughs> I, like I mean, that. I, I think that's perfect. I just, and we'll talk about it more when the camera's up, but um, you mentioned people at the bottom who are probably never going to wake up or who unfortunately might just die not knowing. And then people right in the middle and the people above them. Uh, one of the most painful things to me is dealing with family or f- close friends that are like stuck in the bottom somewhere. And uh, sometimes it's not even that they're necessarily really dumb or anything like that. It's like they're pretty intelligent individuals, but there's something blocking them. Sometimes it's drugs. Sometimes it's who they're with, whatever. But is there any really powerful strategy you've discovered through your years working on this stuff where you can even start to slowly chip away on whatever the mind viruses are there? Let me start off by saying that the goal of the elite is to brainwash the smartest people and the most successful people first Mm -hmm. because they're the ones that can challenge them the most. And I can tell you because I went to Harvard Business School uh, and I've got um, access to the alumni group. And there's a, there's, there's a high-level alumni group that, that went to an s- exclusive Harvard program called Owner-President Management, which is an advanced business school at Harvard that Harvard off- offers. Mm. Only the elite millionaires and billionaires of the world get access to that. Like a co-opting of sorts. Yeah. Well, you have to have a company and you had the company has to be doing over 30 million a year in sales and all kinds of other stuff to even get accepted into this group. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I applied for it and they accepted me and I went through it all. So I have access to these secret, you know, really highly confidential groups of hundreds, probably in this group, there's about six or 700 of the top millionaires and billionaires on the planet. Wow. Okay. This is when I really realized the manipulation that was going on. Every single one of those individuals in the group, whenever COVID started, they were, they were so far gone. These are the most, supposedly the most intelligent people in the world, right? Run multi-million dollar businesses. They're the most brainwashed. Right. And they're kept the most brainwashed because they're the ones with the money. They don't want people to wake up that have lots of money because right. they can challenge them really, really fast. So they constantly, constantly spend massive hours feeding them the untruths, the untruths. Mm-hmm. And I saw it firsthand during, because I said, wait a second, if I can wake up, I have access to this group. If I can wake up these, you know, all these billionaires and millionaires, around the world, maybe this is the reason why I'm in here. Mm-hmm. And so I started planting the little seeds in there. Mm-hmm. After about a month, they almost kicked me out of the group. I was ridiculed. I was like, basically it got to the point where I was such a, and I was posting just tiny little seeds in there. I was such a conspiracy theorist and I was such, you know, the opposite of, of what they were that they couldn't even handle it. And I got multiple warnings and I finally had to stop and they wouldn't allow me to post into the group anymore. So to answer your question, I don't know. 
I, I, I haven't found a way to do that yet because I have family members that will, they, they nobody is going to, they just, they think you're crazy. And I think that everybody needs to wake up when it's time for them to wake up. Mm-hmm. If it's time for them to wake up, you'll be there for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and this, I talk to people about this all the time because they're asking me like, what can I do for my wife? Or what can I do for my friend, my best friend? You know, like I, you know, I spent so much time with him and he's just like, you know, what can I do? And it's just like, you, there's nothing you can do because they're not going to wake up until it's their time to wake up. They're not going to wake up until they have to feel it or they're in, you know, just tell them that, you know, you're there for them and you'll, you, you have the information. I even try to send them those little, those little right. seeds. Like, how can you deny the Pfizer reports? Right? right. You send them that and they're like, don't send me any conspiracy theories. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this is fact. This is no conspiracy theory. But they, they, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it. They, they're, they're not ready for it. They're not resonating on it. No matter if it's 100% true, they're just not at that state yet. Hopefully they will be because you're hanging out with them and you're, you know, you're loving to them and you're, you're there. And eventually, I think that they will say, you know, I wish I would have listened to you or I wish I would have, you know, paid more attention to some of those things that you were sending me. But that's the point when you come in and say, you know what? There is a solution. Mm-hmm. Here's the solution through, for, for the detoxification. Right. And the detoxification program is uh, a combination of ivermectin, chlorine dioxide, you know, different, different types of things that can clean and repair and detoxify your your cells and your body. And then the number one thing is going to be the urotherapy. Some people are going to be open to it. Some people mm-hmm. aren't, but eventually it's probably going to get to the point where, um, people will do anything to, to, to save their life. I think so. Think about it. If I was, you know, we might be in a situation to where they, you know, come confiscate you, knock on your door, you refuse, they knock you down, they handcuff you, they take you to a camp. They put you in a camp. They inject you. It's happened. You know, it's happening. It's happened. What are you going to do? The only thing you're going to have at that point in time is your own urine. Right. The only thing that's going to save your life if you're in some cell or if you're in some camp or whatever and you have no access to ivermectin, you have no access to anything else, is going to be your own urine. If you know that, right. knowledge is powerful, like right. you said. Knowledge is your most powerful asset. You will always survive if you know how to survive. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's huge. But before we give them all those uh, detoxification treatments, uh, we need an apology because we're petty like that. (laughs) And all that drama you put us through. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I think this has been brilliant. And um, I mean, this is, we could keep going, obviously, for hours and hours because we didn't even touch up on like. Well, hopefully we can do another one. Yeah, actually, maybe at the. Uh, yeah, we can definitely do another one. Yeah, we have so many podcasts that we even haven't released yet, and like with one with Randall Carlson and so many people. And so uh, we want to keep doing this. We want to keep spreading information, and eventually, once as uh, Yuri Bezmenov says, once the military boot is on your temple, you'll be asking us for some help here and there. But uh, I don't mean that in a vindictive way, but 
<laughs> you know, it gets frustrating sometimes. But the good news is there's people like Dr. Group mm-hmm. and there's people all over the world that are in love with humanity. Mm. That's why it's so painful to watch what is happening. But that's why uh, we're going to be okay. So, Yeah. Beautiful. We're just all going to be there for everybody and, and help everybody through it. And the number one thing is there's, there's solutions available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. There's, if there wasn't any solution available, we'd really be in, in a deep, dark place. But yeah. there's always solutions for every situation. So we'll just have to keep plugging on and doing what we can do and help support everybody as much as we possibly can. Well, thank you for coming out today, Dr. Group. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate Appreciate it. So, all right. We'll see y'all next time.